Was that not so good to sing together and just worship Jesus together? Is it, I mean, I, I love hearing that. And I, I just wanna say to someone here who maybe you're at home watching, I'm just telling you what you're feeling at home is nothing compared to what you experience in the room with God's people. So if you're able, get to church anytime that you can when you're in town. I think it really makes a difference. And I just wanna say to someone here in one of our rooms on one of our campuses, if you're new, you're not here by accident. And I really hope you feel right at home and we wanna make sure that CCV is a place where you can grow in your faith. So please come back and join us next weekend. But I'm really excited as we continue this series, The Way of Jesus. I was, um, I was walking out of my office a couple years ago, walking to my car, long day of work, and out of the corner of my eye, I caught a guy that was just sitting down, um, sitting at a table all by himself. And for whatever reason, God just kinda compelled me, like, you gotta go talk to that guy. And so I walked over, and I, I, as I got closer to him, he kind of jumped up out of his seat, and he said, Pastor Ashley, Pastor Ashley. And then the tears started filling up in his eyes. He said, uh, I'm just so lost. Like, I just feel so inadequate, That's what he said. He said, I don't even know how God could begin to use someone like me. And then, and then he, almost like he stopped himself and he said, I know, I know, I know, I know. That must be so foreign for someone like you because you're a pastor. You probably never feel that way. And I just stopped him and I kind of grabbed him. I just smiled at him. And I want to tell you exactly what I told him. I said, you have no idea how often I feel exactly like that. And his eyes got really big. And he said, are you serious? I'm like, I'm dead serious. Like, you have no idea how, as a dad, how oftentimes I feel so inadequate. Like, am I measuring up for my kids? I said, you know, as, as a pastor, as a leader of our church, there's so many times I feel inadequate. Like, am I, am I doing the job that God wants me to do? I mean, I just began to go, oh, there's so many areas of my life that I really struggle sometimes feeling inadequate. In fact, there's only one area of my life that I never feel inadequate at all, and that is with my wife, Jamie. <laughs> she is the luckiest woman in this entire world. No, you not, if you've been around here long enough, you know me preaching, you've heard me share, that is not true, you know that, right? In fact, sometimes uh, people walk up to Jamie and they'll say something like, is it so awesome being married to Ashley? Like, it's gotta be a dream, and, She's like, mm-hmm, in the back of her mind, she's like, you have no idea, all right? I got my stuff too, I'm working on, I'm working as much as anybody. I just wonder if anyone here today would just admit, really honestly, that, that there's times that you feel inadequate, especially when it comes to your faith. You know, a lot of us, we, we want God to use our life to do something great, and yet so many times it's, it's a sense of inadequacy that we feel that kind of holds us back. I actually believe, and my experience as a pastor has been that unless you struggle from a narcissistic di disorder, which by the way, some people do, you know, maybe around six to 10% of the population, you're a narcissist. Unless you're a narcissist, I think almost everyone struggles at times with senses of, of inadequacy, and probably narcissists too, they just don't like to admit it. <laughs> Spiritually, what Satan likes to do is he loves to take a sense of inadequacy and drive that so deep into your heart that he holds you back from everything good that God wants to use your life to accomplish in this world. 
And so what I wanna do today as we continue our series, The Way of Jesus, is I wanna open up scripture. I wanna take you to when Jesus called his very first disciples. Uh, if you started with us a couple weeks ago, we're walking through the life of Jesus up to the, the weekend of Easter, and I wanna take you to when Jesus called his very first disciples today. And what I'm gonna show you is that when Jesus called his very first disciples, the men and women that were gonna go change the entire world, when he called his first disciples, they felt the same way many of us do. They felt deeply inadequate. And I wanna show you today that your sense of inadequacy, that feeling, doesn't have to be a weakness. In fact, it can be one of your greatest strengths if you let God use it. You ready? I, I loved um, what, what we've been doing in this series, just really walking through the life of Jesus. So I'm gonna give you the takeaway today, just in case someone falls asleep today, all right? Maybe you had a rough weekend. Or maybe you're up north and the snow is gonna cut your power out, I don't know, but here's the big idea we're gonna talk about today. It is okay to feel inadequate as long as it doesn't lead to inaction. It's okay to feel inadequate as long as it doesn't lead to your inaction. Inaction. Uh, last week, Mark did a really great job taking us from the temptation of Jesus week one, which happened around Jerusalem in the desert, to Jesus taking his disciples up north to the Sea of Galilee. If you look on a map, Jesus was in Jerusalem. Last week, he took his disciples up to the sea around the area of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. This is where Jesus did a majority of his earthly ministry is around the Sea of Galilee. And what happens is we're gonna pick up Jesus around the Sea of Galilee today. He's gonna call his first disciples. Luke chapter five, verse one if you wanna follow along. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that's just another name for the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, you, you gotta put yourself in the story. I love putting myself in the story. What, what's happening is, is the crowds are crowding all around Jesus. In fact, you need to know, as you read through the Gospels, almost everywhere Jesus went, he drew a crowd, huge crowds. Crowds are what got Jesus crucified, by the way. People were so jealous that Jesus was drawing crowds. And I find it funny sometimes that, you know, when people show up to church or churches are like, well, I don't like the crowds. I don't like when churches are growing in crowds. I'm like, you may have hated being around Jesus when he was here, right? And you're gonna hate heaven because it's gonna be crowded, or we hope so, right? So crowds are crowded around Jesus, and what happens is, they're, they're pushing him almost to the water's edge at the Sea of Galilee. He's like backing up, he's teaching, crowds pushing in on him. He looks behind him, he sees the Sea of Galilee. He's like, well, I'm not gonna walk on water yet. I gotta save that for later, okay? So he sees two boats behind him that were owned by a couple fishermen. And he didn't know something about fishermen in Jesus' day. Fishing was a lowly job, okay? It was from the lowest of society. It was typically unschooled, educa uneducated, Ordinary people, kind of the low rung of society. Fishing was a stinky, dirty, nasty job. I mean, it's interesting, Jesus is even hanging around around fishermen. And he sees, sees a couple of boats behind him, and it says the fishermen were cleaning their nets, which means it was likely early in the morning or later in the morning because the fishermen around the Sea of Galilee fished at night. The, the fish were in the shallow water. That's where they always fished is in the shallow water, and they'd throw their nets at night. The fish couldn't see the net as well, and that's where they, that's where they fished. So if they're cleaning their nets, that means they'd fished all night long. They're probably worn out, tired. And it says in the very next verse, verse three, it says, Jesus, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that's Simon Peter. 
And he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. This is pretty cool. The crowds are pressing in. So Jesus turns Peter's boat into a preaching pulpit. And Peter's likely with him in the boat, probably rowed him out. And there Jesus is teaching these really large crowds. And Peter's a captive audience. He's listening to Jesus teach. And Jesus is always challenging people to use their life for something bigger than themselves. And he's casting this big vision. And Peter's sitting there. And it says in verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon and Peter, put out to the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, this is significant because remember, fishermen don't fish in the deep water in the Sea of Galilee. And they don't fish during the day. They only fish at night. So Jesus is like, let's go out to some deeper water, Peter, where you never fish. Now, again, I like to put myself in the story, so just pretend you're Peter for a second, right? And, and Jesus is telling you to go do something where no one fishes ever and to go out in deep water. And you want to look at Jesus. You want to be like, Jesus, I think you're a carpenter, okay? I'm the fisherman, and people don't do that. We don't fish out there ever. And by the way, we fished all night, and we caught Jack. You want us to go out to a place where no one fishes? And by the way, Jesus, I care about your reputation, because if we go out in the deep water during the day when no one fishes, you're gonna look like an idiot, all right? I wanna protect you. So naturally, Peter starts pushing back, right? Verse five, Simon Peter answered, Master, We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. So no, not gonna do it. That's not what he said. Watch the radical, radical obedience. Watch what he says next. But because you say so. Would you say that out loud with me? But because you say so. I love that line. God, because... Because you said so, Jesus, because you said so, I will let down the nets. We're not gonna catch Jack, but I'll let the nets down. I just wanna pause for a moment. I just wanna point out that oftentimes Jesus will ask you to do things that do not make intuitive sense to you. He'll ask you to get out of your comfort zone when what you wanna do is stay very comfortable in your little cozy place. And this is Peter, he's calling him out to some deeper waters, places he typically never fishes in. And when Jesus does that for you, you have a decision. You can either trust your intuition or you can be obedient to God's call on your life. And what I think God wants to do today is he's gonna rattle some of us to get out of a place of inadequacy and get into our place of calling. What happens next, verse, verse six, it says, when they had done so, when they'd been obedient, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full, they actually began to sink. Think about what was on the line with Peter's obedience when it didn't make sense to him. What was on the line was one of the biggest blessings he had ever experienced in life. I mean, it's so blessed, his nets are breaking. That's how much fish he's got. He's never had a catch like that before in his life. But it all depended on his obedience. And I wonder what God's nudging someone here to do that is gonna require your obedience and to get out of your comfort zone. And I wanna remind you that God's blessings are only unlocked by your obedience. 
But Peter, even in his biggest blessing up to this point in his life, watch his inadequacy come out. Watch his inadequacy. Watch this. Verse 6. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. He said, go away from me. Like, leave. Go. I'm a simple man. No, he's not saying I'm an axe murderer. He's saying in the presence of Jesus, you're so holy. You can do so many great things. I'm sinful. I'm inadequate. You got the wrong person. It says in verse 9, for all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish. So it's not just Peter there. Who else is it? We read on it. says, so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee and Simon's partners. We got four of the disciples we know were probably there. Peter, James, John, and Andrew. And they're all saying, Jesus, if you can do great things like this with people, you got the wrong guys because we're just a bunch of unschooled, ordinary fishermen. You got to leave us. And watch Jesus' response. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Like, don't let fear pull you back from stepping into what I'm calling you to. From now on, you will fish for people. From now on, you're gonna make a difference in everyone's life around you because of the power and how I wanna use you. Now, fishing for people is a kind of interesting analogy Jesus used because when they fished for actual fish, what did they do with the fish once they caught them? They killed them, okay? That's what they did. They killed them and then they fed them and people ate them. So you're like, fish for people. This is, this is what's so beautiful about the language Jesus uses sometimes. Jesus, when he said fish for people, the exact phrase Jesus used is a Greek word that's a combination of two Greek words. It's very unique in what Jesus did. And the Greek word Jesus used, it literally means to catch alive. Here's what Jesus was saying. From now on, I want you to go find dead people that are dead to me, and I want you to catch them and make them alive because of me, Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. So, verse 11, they pulled their boats up to the shore, left everything, and followed him. You know what the Greek word everything means? Everything. It means they left everything behind, including a sense of inadequacy that Jesus couldn't use them. And I believe today God wants to do the same thing with someone here today, and you know who you are. Because inadequacy has held you back. You don't feel inadequate at work sometimes or other places, but when it comes to being used by God, there's a sense of inadequacy, and I'm calling out men today because men, we're horrible at admitting it. We think it's too vulnerable to admit that we may not be good enough or know enough. And, and again, who knows where it comes from for so many of us. For so many of us, our sense of inadequacy comes from something we don't know, like we don't know enough about the Bible or we're too new to our faith. Some of us, it comes from what we do know about ourselves. And we know that shame from our past and we know what, what we did and we know things that we hope no one ever finds out and that holds us back. God can't use me or maybe there's even something you're still wrestling with today and you're like, that, that's, that's holding you back. It could even be for some of you, you know what's holding you back, your sense of inadequacy? It's what happened to you. It's what someone said to you. Someone here, you know what someone said to you? A teacher, a parent, an ex. You are worthless. Your life will amount to nothing. And you've just sat in that for so long. You like to deny it, but you're sitting in it. 
And God is going to rattle your cage today to get you out of your inadequacy and into your calling. If you're taking notes, I wanna show you three things from the way of Jesus on how to get out of your inadequacy and get into your calling. You ready? Here's number one. Almost everything God wants for your life is outside your comfort zone. Everything. In fact, everything you want for your life is outside your comfort zone. You know how I know? If it was in your comfort zone, you'd already have it. So of course, what God wants for you is God is always calling us out of our comfort zone, what makes sense to us. Like our little intuition, we, we, we go so much off our feelings, like our feelings. And God's like, no, 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 I got the facts of my word. I'm calling you to something bigger. And it's gonna take you out of your comfort zone. I mean, I think about my life. So many times God's calling for me has taken me out of my comfort zone. I'll give you an example. When, when God was calling me to become the senior pastor of our church, you know what my answer was initially? N-O. No. I'm serious. I was like, God, you got the wrong guy. I, I, I'm not qualified for that. I'm inadequate in that. Plus, I'm falling in the shoes of a spiritual giant like Pastor Don. I mean, he's amazing. I mean, I, I just kept, and God just kept nudging me and calling me and calling me out of this comfort zone of my sense of inadequacy. And finally, I was praying one day, and, and it wasn't an audible voice, but I just felt like God said this to me. Ashley, do you even believe what you teach people to believe about me? I was like, what are you talking about? That's stupid. He's like, no, think about it. Do you believe what you teach people to believe about me? I'm like, what do you mean, God? He's like, you know, you tell people all the time, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that exists inside of you because of the Holy Spirit if you're a follower of Jesus. That same power's in you. And God wants to use you for something great. Ashley, do you even believe that? I was like, well, if you put it that way, I mean, I guess I do. He's like, then, then step out of your comfort zone. I don't need your power. I want my power that's already at work within you to be unleashed. So I had to say yes, yes, yes. And I'm really glad I did. I love Hebrews eleven six. one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Here's what it says. And without faith, say it out loud, it's what? What is it, what is it? Without faith, it is impossible for you to please God. Can I reword that for you? Unless you get out of your comfort zone, you cannot please God. That's why God calls us out of our comfort zone into a place of faith so we can rely more on him and not on us. That's God's greatest desire for your life is you just rely more and more on him. And so God puts you in situations like that. You got, he calls you out of your comfort zone. You gotta step out in faith. And I just wonder, like, where's God calling you out of your comfort zone? For some of you, it could be in your giving, like you take your generosity to a different level and it scares you to death. It could be with inviting someone to church and sharing your faith in the workplace. It could be taking a new role or stepping out in faith and serving somewhere in church. Because you, you, you've been on the sidelines for way too long. For some of you, he's calling you to serve with junior hires. And you're like, someone just said this, hell will freeze over when I, before I serve a junior hires. No way, no way. And that was Tracy's story. From our Avondale campus, she's got an amazing story. I want you to hear it right now. So we came to CCV in July of 2016. And 
I immediately wanted to find uh, a place where I could serve because I feel like that uh, helps me to get the most out of my experience at church. And so I started out as a greeter uh, because it's what I was used to, easy to do. I love, you know, making people feel at home. You know, it, I was comfortable, let's put it that way. Um, but I just really felt like I wasn't really growing in my walk with Christ. And um, I have a really good friend who had just started serving in junior high, and we go out a lot and we talk a lot, and she just mentioned how she was enjoying that experience. And the thing we have in common is that we're both boy moms. And so I, I shared with her that, yeah, no way. <laughs> I, I, can't, uh, I can't do girls, so I'm not going to uh, sign up to do junior high. Um, and it seemed like weeks after that, whenever I would come to church to serve, I just kind of felt like I was going through the motions. I felt a little, you know, unchallenged. And I think that was just God just stirring in my heart that he wanted me to be somewhere that I didn't realize I needed to be. And so this challenge to come into serve junior high was uh, a big one for me, but um, I just trusted God. I just trusted God on this and said, if, if this is where you want me to be, then I'm going to obey your will and just, and, and just do it and take a, take, take a leap of faith. And it has been the best decision I've ever made. Um, I, I can genuinely and honestly say that Saturday is my favorite day of the week. I look forward to coming to church and hanging out with the girls. And, and, and every week is different. It depends on, you know, Sometimes we have girls that are in a great mood. We sometimes we have girls that are, you know, they're challenged with things. And so we are there first and foremost, just to be there to listen and to let them know that they're loved and to walk beside them. And I find that I can do that because God has given me the ability to do that. It's not by anything that I, you know, had in me because I didn't want it at first. And now I really love it. Well, I'm no longer intimidated by being around a bunch of girls. <laughs> um, so I, I, I kind of got over that fear of not feeling like I'm enough uh, or that I'm not called to have, uh, to be able to lead in that way. One of the things that it really teaches me is, first of all, just the uniqueness of each individual that we have in our group. and. Whether they know it or not, they are so loved by God. And so just being able to share that with them and whether they, whether they are ready to believe it, but just continuing to pour that into them um, is, is one of the things that I, I feel very fortunate to be able to do. I, I, I think back to um, the hesitations I had about serving in junior high, and, and it seems ridiculous now, you know? because, um, you know, whenever God gives us an assignment, he always gives us a means for completing that assignment. And I feel like, uh, you know, letting go and just trusting that this is where he wanted me has made a huge difference. Tracy, uh, thank you for saying yes. You know, I think about what hung in the balance with her saying yes. 
to just a call that, that God wanted to get her out of her comfort zone. Do you notice what she says at the beginning of the video? I felt comfortable. I was unchallenged. And that's exactly where some of you are. You're comfortable. You know, I, I think in America, we have become addicted to comfortable. Isn't this true? I mean, everything is comfy. I want a comfy home. I want a comfy couch. I want a comfy bed. I want a comfy pillow. I want comfy work. I want comfy friends. I just want to be comfortable. In fact, we even have this. We even have the comfy, right? <laughs> That's a picture of what some of you look like in your faith right now. I mean, you are, this is you in your faith. You got a comfy on, you're like, oh, I'm so comfortable right now. God, don't do anything that makes me feel uncomfortable and takes me out of my inadequacy. I wanna just stay here for a long, long time. And God's like, get the comfy off. I got, I got stuff for you. I wanna use your life for something significant. But God, I got all these excuses. I don't care about your excuses. I care about your yes. So we gotta, we gotta get this comfy thing off. Time is short. Our world needs Jesus. God needs your life making a difference. Get out of your comfort zone. You wanna know why? Comfort zones are where dreams go to die. And God has a great dream for your life. I promise you he does. You just gotta say yes. I think Simon Peter would look back on his life and say the greatest decision I ever made was to get out of my comfort zone. And you know what he didn't do when Jesus called him? He didn't say, well, I gotta go learn the Bible more. I gotta go to some counseling first. I need someone to sign off. You're okay. What did he do? He just said yes. What do you say? Verse, what, I love verse five. He said this, what we said out loud. Because you say so. And today, God's just saying, just say that. Like if God's calling you to something, just say, because you say so, I'll say yes. I don't know how it's gonna work out. I don't feel qualified, but I just wanna say yes to whatever you're calling me to. And God begins to use Peter's life and the other disciples in an amazing way. In fact, years later, Acts chapter four, they're sent out. Jesus has died resurrection, they sent out preaching Jesus, God is using them in miraculous ways, they get arrested, Peter and John do, they're put before some of the most qualified, important people in their society, they start preaching Jesus, and these people look at Peter and John and listen to what they say, I love this verse, when they saw the courage, not the complacency, not the comfort, they saw the courage in Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, and they were astonished. And they took note, these men had been with Jesus. They just said yes to Jesus. That's what Jesus does. He takes unschooled, ordinary men and uses them for extraordinary things. That's what God does. Do you feel unschooled and ordinary? Do you? Good. That's exactly the kind of person God wants to use in your faith to make a difference in this world. Here's number two, and it's our big idea. It's okay to feel inadequate as long as it doesn't lead to inaction. If your inadequacy leads to an action, you're being disobedient. In fact, when you read scripture, and I'll just give you a quick list, I could go on and on of this, I could preach sermon after sermon. Do you know almost every person God used in scripture to do something great 
had to struggle with a deep sense of inadequacy and feeling unqualified? Can I give you a list? Moses felt insecure. He told God to choose someone else because he didn't know how to speak well. David was an adulterer. Paul was a murderer. Joseph was abused. Elijah was suicidal and struggled with his mental health. Rahab was a prostitute. Jacob was a liar. Abraham was too old. Timothy was too young. Peter had a temper. Martha was a worrier. Thomas doubted. Lazarus was dead. (laughs) And God, God used every single one of them to make a difference in this world. I mean, God can use a guy with a girl's name that doesn't like cats. God can use anybody, right? Come on. God doesn't call the qualified. Get that out of your mind. What does God do? He qualifies those who are obedient when he calls. That's who God uses. You just gotta be obedient. Here's what I believe with everything inside of me. This may be the most important thing someone hears today. Feeling inadequate can be a strength if it pushes you to depend more on God. Do you know that? I think your sense of inadequacy can be one of your greatest strengths if it pushes you to depend less on your power and your strength and more on what God wants to do through you. Listen to what 1 Corinthians says. I love this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. He says this, hey, brothers and sisters, he's talking to us. He's talking to us. Think of what you were when you were called. Like when God called you to get out of your comfort zone and get off your tail and start making a difference for him. Think about this. What were you? Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him, verse 31. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in who? The Lord. What are we being told? God takes weak, inadequate, unqualified people who wanna rely on his spirit and he uses them to transform the world for him. And why does God do it that way oftentimes? He uses it because when people look at your life, and not that you don't feel qualified at work or other places, but when it comes to your faith and being used by God, God loves to take people and use them in extraordinary ways. Why? Because when people look at your life, they think, that has to be God. That's what I want people to say in my life. My dream is for people to look at my life and look at what God's doing and say, that has to be God because that guy's not that good. (laughs) Amen. Because who gets the glory in that situation, me or God? God. And do you see sometimes why God has a hard time working through sometimes the most gifted people? Now, God wants to work through the most gifted people. Don't get me wrong, but God sometimes struggles because gifted people want to point people to them and their power and their strength. And and they're always limited because the only way God truly moves in your life and people around you is when you rely on God's power and his strength. So God loves taking unschooled, ordinary people in their faith and using them because they're humble and want to rely on him. And I'm just telling you, that is my life story. I promise you, 
If you got to spend a lot of time with me, here's what you would walk away with. You'd be like, that guy's pretty ordinary. Like, I don't have the highest IQ. I didn't grow up in some prominent, like, place or household. I, mean, I grew up in Wilcox and Sierra Vista, for goodness sakes, right? If you know, some of you are like, I don't even know where that's at. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I do have these massive guns and, like, good looks, but I mean, <laughs> do I really look that small next to Tim Tebow a couple weeks ago? <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do, as some of you are saying. Yes, you do. I don't have that. Hey, I study scripture like crazy. You, you better believe that. There's people a lot smarter than I am. And I was writing the message this week, and I, I, was, I was writing the message, I was like, God, surely there's someone that's more adequate than I am to do this job. And here's what God said, yep. <laughs> but Ashley, I didn't call them. I called you. And you said yes. You said yes. You said yes. And that's the issue, isn't it? For some of us. We haven't said yes. In fact, we just keep saying no over and over again to God. Get out of your comfort zone. I got something for you. And we give God all our excuses. Some of us have a laundry list. We like to show people Look at all my excuses. All your excuses are trash in the eyes of a God who through his Holy Spirit wants to use your life for something great. You just have to say yes, yes, yes. For some of us, we got a little comfy blanket on feels good, and God's like, every one of your no's mean nothing when my Holy Spirit wants to work through you through a yes. He just needs you to get out of your comfort zone because comfort zones are where God's dreams for your life go to die. God has someone here today just to, to tell you that his greatest blessings are on the other side of your yes. That was what Peter experienced. I mean, think about it. Peter could have said no, and he would have missed out on everything God wanted for him because he felt unschooled and, un, and ordinary. And I, I wanna just rattle someone's cage here today, okay? Because when you come to CCV, we're not here to coddle you. We're not here to make you feel bad about yourself, but we're here to challenge you for God to use you in a mighty way. And I wanna just speak to a couple people. I wanna speak to someone here who's brand new. You walked in today and you're like, well, I don't feel very comfortable in church. Listen, you keep coming back. This is a place you can call home. This is a place where God will use you to feel like you don't have to feel out of place. He wants you to feel right at home. You just keep coming back. There's someone here today that's been holding off getting baptized for a long time and you, it's because you keep telling yourself, well, I just gotta clean up my life first. Then I'll give myself to God and I'll be adequate. Wrong. You're never adequate. God doesn't need your adequacy. He needs the adequacy of the cross when he sent Jesus. You rely on that. You just say yes. You go to, you go to God and say, God, I wanna give my life to you. He'll help you clean up your life. You don't clean up your life first. How are you gonna clean it up without Jesus in your life? So say yes. Get baptized, go all in. There's somebody here today, you've been holding off getting in a small group and you know who you are. 
you look, you put it off. I don't have time, you got all sorts of excuses, but the, the issue is you're a little worried about walking into someone's new house, getting with a small group of people. You think, well, maybe they'll think you're weird or don't think you're good enough. Wrong, come on, those are excuses. Get into a group because if you're not in community, it's really hard for God to change your life. There's a mom or dad here today and, and you're not leading your kids in their faith because you feel inadequate in yours. And, you, and what's on the line is your kids growing and I think what you should do is just get your kids together this week and say, mom or dad is, hey, I got a lot of room to grow in my faith, right? And your kids are gonna be like, yes, you do, okay? And then you tell them, hey, why don't we grow together? I'm gonna, help, I'm gonna help lead us. Hey, what you'd say, well, what would I do? I don't know, start by being in church every weekend. No excuses. Sports, sleeping in, I'm tired. No excuses. Lead your family. Lead your family. And then, hey, what about every night? You just get your kids together and don't overcomplicate it. Just, just read something from scripture, 10 minutes a night. You're like, what would I, where would I start? I don't know, Mark Rohr has a book called Core 52. It's great. His daughter wrote a companion guide for kids. You can start there. Or just get in the Gospels. Read 10 minutes of Jesus' life. And just talk about it with your kids. You don't have to know everything. Just talk. You're like, what would 10 minutes a night do? I don't know. 10 minutes a night over 365 days a year is over 60 hours of spiritual conversations during one year. That is life transforming with your kids. Lead. There's someone here who's not been inviting people because you're worried people will ask you a question that you're inadequate to answer. I think you should be more afraid of what's on the line with your friends and family members by not inviting them to church. There's a lot more in line with that than you feeling a little inadequate. The biggest group of people I wanna challenge today is those of you not serving. You know, post the pandemic, that's the one part of our church that, that really needs some help. We're about a 1,000 volunteers short across all our campuses for, for God to really do what he wants to do in our church. And some of you are way cozy on the sidelines and not serving, and I think God wants to use you just like he was using Tracy in that video. And you just have to say yes to somewhere. Just say yes somewhere. Production or in the parking lot or a greeter in our kids or student ministries or during the week somewhere. Serve as a small group leader. Just say yes. Say yes. And remember, it's okay to feel inadequate, but it's not okay if it leads to inaction. You want God to use your life? He wants to. Just say yes to whatever he's calling you to right now. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for a church that doesn't wanna be comfy. God, I, I pray that I don't get comfortable. I pray you continue to grow me, stretch me, and just stretch all of us, God, because we have a city, we have a world, we have communities and workplaces with people all around us that need hope, that need Jesus, that need a, a smile, need love, and God, we, just, we have so many people around us that are hurting, and, and some of us are on the sidelines not being used by you, and I pray you get us off the sidelines and in the game and just making a difference for you. And I pray that there be no sense of inadequacy that would hold us back from the calling you've put on our lives. Move us, God, move us. In the power of Jesus, we pray all this in his name. And all of us said, amen, amen. Hey, uh, I want you to know that next week, next week we're gonna continue our uh, Way of Jesus series. I'm really excited about the message next weekend. It'd be a great time to invite someone. But today, 
after the service. Stick around. I think you should grab something to eat. We got some really fun food and games on all of our campuses. It's a great time to meet someone new, experience some community. Have a great week and step out of your comfort zone. See you, CCV.